Welcome to our podcast. I'm Naz. And I'm Ella. And we created this podcast to talk more around some of the issues we write about in our music and to share a bit more about our writing process and production choices as DIY artists. In this episode, we'll be talking about our latest single, Internalised, off our upcoming EP, Dehumanise. It's a song about the fear of coming out to yourself and navigating internalised homophobia in the context of being in a relationship. Before we get into talking about our experiences with internalised homophobia and the song, we thought it might be useful to start with a definition of what it actually is. Here's a definition by rainbowproject.org, who we thought summarised it quite well. Internalised homophobia happens to gay, lesbian and bisexual people who have learned and been taught that heterosexuality is a norm and correct way to be. Hearing and seeing negative depictions of LGB people can lead us to internalise or take in these negative messages. Internalised homophobia can result in denial of your sexual orientation to yourself and others, attempts to alter or change your sexual orientation, contempt for more open members of the LGBTQIA community, and denial that homophobia, heterosexism or sexism are serious social problems. And the list goes on. Internalised homophobia manifests differently for everyone, and you may or may not be consciously aware of it. This is a huge topic, so we'll be speaking from our own experiences and discussing the issue in relation to our single internalised. Is the threat real or is it in my head? I wish I could read their minds. Come clean, I'll set me free. Is it all in So maybe we can start by talking about what actually inspired you to write Internalised. What inspired me to write Internalised? I suppose I often write stories um, about other people's experiences based on maybe things I've watched or read. Um, But I really wanted to write something that was a bit more personal about my own experience. Something that I felt other people could relate to that had Mm. a strong sort of emotional resonance for people. Um, And... I'm not sure it, what, what it was that exactly inspired this topic, but I must have been thinking about something related and I just thought that would be something that I, I feel I can write about. Yeah. Yeah, I remember when you actually played this song for me the first time, I think it was in 2019, and um, I I remember thinking that, like, yeah, it was it was different to hear you play something that was so personal and I knew mm. kind of immediately that it was probably going to end up being a single feature on EP or something like that so yeah. yeah it was nice to nice to hear yeah I remember I wrote it really quickly whereas usually it takes me a long time to to write a song so yeah. obviously I think when when you have a connection to a song you you're able to kind of actually get it all out and say a lot more than you you would otherwise definitely now the song itself so our the way that we sort of went about this or that you wrote it was sort of focusing on the aspect of gender expressions that comes through Mm. in a lot of the lyrics as well what was it sort of specifically about gender expression that you wanted to write about in this song yeah I mean I feel like it's an interesting one um, because it's something that everyone can experience whether you're whatever your sexuality is Mm -hmm. you know this sort of pressure to live up to gender norms um, you know, it happens from birth when we put boys in blue and girls in red, um, pink and so on. Um, and I just feel like, you know, I've struggled with, um, you know, trying to maybe come across as being feminine or not not looking masculine. And, and that's very tied in with sexuality, you know, um, boys maybe being called gay if they do something that's a bit feminine. Um, 
And I think I think, think it's something that I've kind of struggled with sometimes. Um, this fear of looking too masculine, or you know, people thinking certain things of you, trying to fit into the the box and fit into those gender norms. Um, but you know, nowadays I feel like there is a lot more blurring of of gender you know norms, which is which is quite refreshing. Yeah, no, I definitely relate to that. Like, for example, like I've had short hair for most of my life now. I think definitely since my teenage days. And um, when I got a buzz cut, you know, my grandparents and a lot of my family would be like, oh, you know, you're a girl, you need to have long hair. Mm. You know, so every time I see my granddad, he'll be like, look, you must grow your hair because you're a girl rather than like, oh, I just, you know, for any other reason. So I find that, yeah, I find that really interesting and how like um, even being misgendered by people as well, um, because they sort of just assume that like if you have short hair then you're a boy which is really really strange ridiculous yeah (laughs) yeah your granddad's always saying that you should grow your hair like me (laughs) yeah i know he's he always says um oh your friend she's so beautiful she's got beautiful long hair why don't you have hair like hers um so yeah but i i kind of don't i try not to take it to heart because i like my hair the way it is yeah and i suppose also we we went to a girls school and i feel like that that's you know where being called lesbian was was a really big insult and oh, it, and it yeah. meant that you were sort of undesirable or unattractive um it wasn't even really about your sexuality it became sort of yeah how you appear um and i think that's probably a lot of that school sort of stuff gets gets a bit internalized in your head yeah definitely like you know when you're a kid i think about in primary school you know when people are like oh that's so gay like mm. meaning that that mean like that that's thing bad. is shit or like that's bad and you kind of think oh well if i'm gay then i must be bad yeah and i suppose yeah you go through um yeah you as you said you internalize that and and yeah going to an all-girls school definitely like being called a lesbian was probably like the worst thing that could happen Mm. in that situation um so yeah so yeah so you focus a lot on sort of talking about gender in the verses but in the chorus that's sort of more the piece about sort of the fear of coming out as it were Mm. um so tell us a bit tell us a bit more about that yeah, I think that's another really impactful thing um, for queer people. This idea of coming out, that it's this one big thing, this pressure, coming out the closet, um, which is actually, you know, it shouldn't be a big deal at all. Um, and unfortunately, it's something that you do have to experience. It's not one time, it happens many times as you, you know, tell other people, tell different people. Um, and, you know, I think, you know, I've struggled with maybe trying to avoid conversations around um well not now but back back in the day you know yeah (laughs) conversations about relationships or fearing what people might think and um but actually you know for me most of the time when I did mention it it was like a weight off my shoulders rather than being a, a big big deal but obviously for some people that's not the case um yeah I mean I suppose you also sort of build it up in your head quite a lot that like telling someone that you have a girlfriend for example is gonna evoke this like weird response in them or you know they might not want to be your be your friend anymore or something yeah. feel uncomfortable around you yeah definitely but I, f- I feel like you've always been a lot more open and able to just sort of tell people easily um even when we were like you know a lot younger yeah I mean yeah it's really weird actually I don't really know why that is like I've always been quite open about my sexuality with my family 
I've never, like, I never really did the whole coming out thing, as it were, um, just because I was always like, meh, like, Very this open. is, yeah, I, I talk about weird sex things with my parents and stuff because that's just my vibe. I don't like to um, sort of have any secrets and things like that. Um, however, that doesn't mean that I haven't experienced I haven't internalized certain things that I've learned over the years, either through school um, or just through friends, whatever. Um, and I think one way, and that I, I never really, I never started thinking about it until recently, actually, that there are a lot of sort of heteronormative ideals that I've really clung on to. Um, and some of those, some of those sort of thoughts have been quite damaging to, you know, our relationship as well. So for example, growing up I always imagined that I would marry a man um, and have children and uh, you know the house and the car and all that kind of mm. ridiculous stuff I mean if Nuclear that's if family it, yeah exactly and I mean if that's your ambition fine um, but I think it was like that's what I was taught growing up and I just assumed I'd, I'd, I'd imagined it in my head that that's what my life was mm. going to look like you know the big Asian wedding and everything like that and then I think you know, when I then started realizing that, oh, actually that's probably not gonna happen for me, I found it really difficult to accept that even though I was happy in my relationship with yeah. a woman, right? Um, and so I think, I guess now over the past maybe two years, I've sort of gotten over that. Yeah. And moving on from that a little bit more and just sort of going with the flow and just seeing yeah. what happens and not well, you go through yeah. the stages, don't you? Yeah. Like stages of anything. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so you mentioned, and actually, yeah, talking about going through the stages, you mentioned, um, that, you know, when you were writing this song, you wanted it to be a journey. Um, why don't, maybe we could talk a little bit more about that. You know, mm. what? why was it important for you to sort of get that journey across? And how did you do that lyrically? Yeah, so... I think I often do this in my writing because I like a song to have movement. I like to kind of capture someone's ear and they want to follow this sort of narrative, what's going to happen. And in this song, you know, I wanted it to have an uplifting end, a positive end mm -hmm. for the, you know, character in the, yeah. in the song. Um, and I wanted the music to reflect that. So, I mean, I did actually struggle a lot with the, the lyrics, um, you know, the, the, the bridge, let's say at the end of the song, I struggled yeah. a lot. And you kind of helped with that, I feel. Um, but, you know, it was quite coming up with lyrics that sort of signified like a, a relief, a, a yeah. weight off the shoulders, I suppose. Um, Definitely. I mean, I think that in general, writing the bridge, as it were, can be quite difficult, right? Because mm. you want to take, um, you know, whoever's listening to the song into a different part of the story, right? And I guess we made the decision that we wanted it to be sort of closer to the end of that journey where you've sort of done all that work unlearning mm. and actually setting yourself free right because you know yeah. no one else is going to set us free we have to do that ourselves we have yes. to unlearn all the bullshit um and get to that point and so I guess we yeah we fast forward completely and sort of talk about how you know you're sort of ready to leave sort of all the walls that you've built mm. inside your head um and just actually live your life yeah um yeah and I, I think so actually let, let, i'm just going to read out the lyrics because i think they're really nice in that section yeah so the lyrics in the bridge are i want to leave my head tear down the walls hold your hand in mine out in the light and for the first time in my life i'm proud to call you mine 
um, that repeats quite a lot and then it's uh, I feel the shame melt away so I think there's a lot of really really nice language there um, you know a lot of metaphors tearing down the walls and so on I think it, it gives yeah it does give this idea of like a relief yeah definitely I mean we went back and forth with a lot of ideas for the bridge section and I think that we we pretty much I think we nailed it pretty well and I say this all the time but whenever I whenever I hear that section it really sort of hits me in the feels you know that's that section's all about sort of finally accepting yourself your relationship and and coming over the other side of Mm -hmm. experiencing and navigating internalized homophobia um I don't know if we mentioned this earlier on um but you know, if we haven't, experiencing internalized homophobia is sort of really isolating. You know, you're hurting yourself, you're hurting those around you, and especially in this song where we're talking about it in the context of a relationship, you know, we're seeing it from the perspective of these two people are still in a relationship at this point of the song and Mm. that other person has helped them through that journey you know when Mm. we talk about the shame melting away and the overlapping vocals right um sort of the support of of your partner um in helping you get through to the other side um and yeah yeah the overlapping vocals really get that get that um, point across that it's, yeah, exactly. it's, it's about two people and they're working together definitely yeah and you know going back to sort of you know when I say that it sort of really hits me in the feels I kind of hope that when when other people listen to that you know they sort of feel the same way I mean when I you know I'm you know I'm the one singing the song right um but it's not necessarily my my first hand experience going through that, um, and I think that just goes to show that the it, fact that I feel that way every time I hear it, that it, you know, it connects with people. It, yeah, it connect. Yeah, it connects with people, um, and I hope that it sort of brings comfort. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that it sort of brings that it brings comfort to people. so this is the part of the podcast where we talk a bit more about the instrumentation and production as we mentioned this song is a journey and it was important for us to get this across in both the music and the lyrics um so yeah we want to talk a little bit more about um particularly about the um instrumental section and the bridge yeah so the instrumental section is the part between the bridge and the rest of the song transition into that section that kind of more uplifting and ethereal section um so we kind of thought about layering um sounds layering effects to kind of create that really textured sound um you know we don't we don't really do sort of fancy guitar solos or things like that yeah. it's more about using simple sounds but layering them up as much as possible yeah and actually we haven't done that before right mm. like this is sort of our first time and actually this whole EP was our first time really playing around with layering simple guitar parts and building that up to create sort of more atmospheric sounds. Yeah, definitely. Um, so in this EP we and in the song, we use um, an Ebo, which is a device that allows you to sustain guitar notes. 
and it almost makes it sound kind of like violin sort of quality it's quite mm. um, unusual but it's really really nice yeah like uplifting sound um, yeah it allows you to blend notes together really nicely um Naz, you also had the idea to um include harmonics which kind of give it a really, really sort of sparkly sound quite sort of magical i love some harmonics <laughs> yeah um and we've also got this lead guitar part that goes through um which is quite sort of very simple it kind of stays with you um um, in the production part we, we said we wanted like reverb and, and delay to be added to that part to sort of give it this sense of space and to, to allow all the notes sort of to blend really nicely together um, yeah so then after that part we go into the bridge um, which is where the overlapping vocals enter And for that, we have sort of this, this really nice high-end acoustic part as well, which is sort of quite um, sparkly, I suppose you could say. Um, and it all kind of really works well together, all sort of inter intertwining around each other. Yeah, and we sort of bring through some of the the elements from the from that instrumental section into that mm. bridge section when we. Yeah, go yeah. through those lyrics as well, right? Like the, yeah, to keep the parts kind of going. Um, yeah, and just to rem remain that like ethereal sound um, until the end. So, yeah, it's kind of like a song of two parts, really. Mm -hmm. um, sort of two songs in into one, one yeah. but they blend together. Yeah, um, and yeah, I guess it, it, I, I feel that they each section reflects the lyrics really well. I mean, that bridge is quite different from, say, the chorus, which is quite... Um, it's quite very, urgent. Yeah, right? it's quite short. It's it, it's um, to the point. It's mainly just guitar chords, like um, bar chords or power chords and vocals. Um, so it's not got all that detail that we've added in the instrumental bridge. Um, but yeah, I think we, we nailed it really well, if I do say so myself. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to our first episode. We've got more episodes planned throughout the year, so please keep an eye out. Um, if you have any comments or thoughts on this episode or any future episodes that we release, then please um, feel free to share those with us. You can email us at nazandella at gmail.com or even DM us on Instagram at nazandella. And if you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to share it. Our single internalizes out now, so please go and check it out if you haven't already.